know, uh, uh, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego went in the fire. Serving God didn't stop them from going in the fire. They went in bound, but they got up loose. There's a freedom, you know, a liberty, serving the Lord that the things of this world, things we go through, don't have to bind us. Don't have to hold us. Don't have to wrap us up. There's a, a liberty to just walk through. That's why I guess the psalmist said, I, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I, there's no, no place for me to stop here. I'm not going to be, this is not my residence. This is not where I'm going to be. Uh, it might be the path of where I've got to get to, but I can just keep on walking. I'm thankful for the liberty of the Holy Ghost today. Thank the Lord. Appreciate him so much. Uh, we did have a new uh, new little member added to the church. Sister Brandy did did have her little baby. Actually had it before they were supposed I think they were supposed to induce around seven o'clock Tuesday uh, morning. And then I think I got a text at three fifty two. And um, uh, and I could see the monitor. Andy was holding the baby, and I could see the monitor behind it at what time it was. And, and uh, so I asked him, I said, well, when, when was she born? He said, 347. I said, my goodness, man, five minutes. But um, beautiful little girl, and we're just excited. Can't wait to meet her when she gets to make her appearance here at church. So thankful for the Lord taking care of them, blessing them. And uh, everybody looks like they're doing fine. So we're just thrilled with what God's doing. And so tonight, I'm uh, going to get into our lesson. I, uh, I don't know, sometimes as I, I don't think I'll be very long tonight, of course. Uh, I say that sometimes. I, I try to quit saying that because I don't want to lie. But um, because sometimes as I begin, to, especially when I'm teaching, I see these little paths that I can get on. And if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll run down several of them as I'm teaching. So I will try to stay on the thought because tonight, message is a well you know what just let me get to it and then I can tell you about it I don't want to keep you standing up Matthew chapter 19 if you want to uh, follow along I used this passage um, uh, in one of the lessons during premarital counseling um, and uh, but there is a line in it that Jesus um, a statement he makes that it just I'd read it so many times, but one night when I was studying for one of the sessions, I just I read it again, and it just grabbed me and said, man, there's something there. So uh, here we go, Matthew 19, and chapter, uh, verse 3, said, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read? That he which made them at the beginning, that's a big word for, that'll be in this series, beginning, made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then? command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away he said unto them Moses because of the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives but from the beginning it was not so and tonight 
I want to teach from this thought and from that line from the beginning. And uh, this is not a lesson on marriage or divorce. This is not anything to even do with that. It's got to do with what Jesus said right here. But from the beginning, it was not so. So let's pray together and ask God to help us grab what he's saying tonight. Lord, we love you so much. Praise you. Thank you for your word. Lord, tonight we just ask you to open our understanding. Lord, help us, God, to be better, to receive this word in good ground. Lord, so we can grow, be more like you. Lord, be a good light in this world. And ultimately, Lord, we want to be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand, a little shout before you're seated tonight. Now, you know me, if you know anything about uh, me and serving the Lord, is that I believe in living by the Word. If it's not in the Word, um, then I don't accept it. It's got to be in His Word. Um, I, I believe that the world has gotten away from the Word. I think that... Um, even some movements have gotten away from the word. Uh, I know that uh, the scripture tells us that there would come a day when there would be a famine. And it would not be for food. It would not be for the things that we eat or drink. But it would be for the hearing of the word of God. That people will not hear what God is saying. It's not that it won't be preached. But they won't hear it. It's not because they're deaf because they refuse to hear it. I'm, I'm not going to hear what you're saying. You know, you can say it, but in other words, they're not going to accept what it is and will go about to establish their own way of living and then try to label it as living for God because God loves me anyway. We live in a time where there are many ideas, many opinions, many new doctrines, and beliefs about the God we serve, or about God in general. There are people who believe that God is a she. There are people who don't believe that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. Uh, there's people that don't believe there's a God at all. Uh, there are many ideas and opinions and doctrines about what we should follow or not follow according to our own convictions. I've said this uh, recently, but... Uh, the word uh, conviction has now been coupled with convenience. And conviction has become a, a thing of convenience for people. It's, as long as it's convenient, then I'm convicted by it. But if it interrupts my lifestyle, then I'm not convicted by it. <laughs> I should have just uh, stayed home tonight. Friend, I'm trying to save us from the famine that's coming. Because there's a time coming where uh, if we're not careful, we won't hear what the word would say. Because we live in this body and we live in this flesh. And we would love to always hear and understand what Jesus is saying. But sometimes our flesh does not want to do what God wants us to do. And, it's, and our flesh does not want to line up with the word of God. Our flesh wants to be comfortable. Our flesh wants to be coddled. It wants to be appeased. 
and it wants to be right. And the thing is, is that it's not right. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. That's scripture. And that's rampant in the world today. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but those ways are the ways of death. And so uh, these, this new idea of new doctrines and new convictions and convictions of convenience uh, are all flowing through this world, but it was not so from the beginning. This is not how God intended it. The Word of God is what should always settle it for us. Hello. With whatever we're facing in this world today, whatever's going on in this world today, whatever's coming our way, our answer will be in God's Word. There is a time coming. There is a a day coming. There is an hour coming that uh, the Lord is having his way. Everything that's happening is by his plan and by his design, and we are his people, and we are part of that plan. And when we begin to react on our own or by our flesh or begin to shave the word a little bit or try to conform it a little bit or add to it or take away, if we try to mold the word, uh, we're not going to be part of the plan. The word of God is what should always, I say this again, settle it for us. The word is so important. We cannot get so caught up today in uh, trying to, to have, you know, church and programs and things like that that we forget that we're built on the word. Because we can establish a, a, a meeting house and a, and a group. We could even have a a good group and an exciting group and not have nothing to do with the Word. All these churches are doing that all day long. They're exciting. They're charismatic. They've got programs left and right. But they don't preach any doctrine. They don't preach against any sin. But it just appeases the flesh of the people who are looking for an easy way to feel better about themselves. And they've been deceived into believing, hey, everybody's going to heaven. You don't have to live by God's word. You just do this. You don't do that. What part? You know, even there is a very famous, very rich, famous preacher who said that, you know, Paul overspoke in his letter against sin. And he's, he's a minister of the gospel, he says. But he says that Paul would not be received well today. And what he wrote doesn't apply to our time. But it's the eternal word. First Peter 1 and 23 tells me that, and you don't have this scripture, so don't, be, don't worry. These are some I'm just going to reference. It says that we are born again by The word of God. This life, this new life, this new birth, this that we live when we when we become new creatures in Him, it is directly tied to the Word of God. And so if we are born again by the Word, surely we must know we have to live by the Word. Well, Jesus said so. Matthew four and four, he said that we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Job even back this up hundreds of years earlier when he said in, in 23 and 12 that I have not held back from your commandments, but I have esteemed the words of God's mouth more than my necessary food. 
John 17 and 17, Jesus praying over the disciples said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There's a, 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 an incident in John chapter 6, in verse 67 and 68, Jesus uh, asked his closest disciples a question. He had just gotten through telling people that, you know, he was the bread of life and uh, who he was. And people were like, he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And he was talking to them. Were they offended by these things? And just, he said, from that time forth, many of his disciples just walked away. Now, they did not walk away because of miracles. They didn't walk away because of signs and wonders. They walked away because they would not hear his word. And so he turns to his closest 12 and says, uh, will you also go away? Peter's answer is tremendous. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Listen. You have the words of eternal life. You, you have the miracles. You have the excitement. You have the flash. You have the flare. You have, oh, he said, you have the words to eternal life. Because that's what's going to determine where you are for eternity, the word, whether you obey it or not. He said, you have the words to eternal life. And so I, I'm, I'm saying all this to... Uh, Make sure, well, just look at it. This is how it, how it changed. This is how Peter and them were changed by Jesus. Follow me. He didn't have to see Jesus do a miracle first. He didn't see him walking on water first. He didn't, none of that. It was two words, follow me. And it was the words of Jesus that changed his life. And even Jesus Let's Peter know when he is, uh, we, we know how that when he has a discussion with Peter on the shore, he says, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord. We'll feed my sheep. And he's going on and on. Well, then uh, Peter said, looks at John and says, well, what's he going to do? And the Lord said, if he tarries here till I come back, what's that to you? Follow me. You see, Peter, from the beginning, it was all about follow me. Quit getting worried about everything else that's going on. If you want to be successful, if you want to keep living right and, and, and being part of this planet, then you've got to go all the way back to what I said in the beginning. Because what I said in the beginning still applies today. And so from the beginning, I said, Peter, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Whether you see me or not, I will still be working in your life. And so... You know, we've got to remember that from the beginning, things were different than they are today. We live in a time that is uh, ignoring the word and changing the word, adding to it, taking away. But our life began because of the words of Jesus. In Psalm 119 and 128, the psalmist, I love this scripture. He said, therefore, I esteem. All thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. 
But see, the world does not want us to hate false ways. They want us to be tolerant and accepting of false ways today. They want to allow things that are against God's word in the church and in the pulpit. Yeah, they want us to accept those things. But uh, this right, and I'm not going to get into all that yet. Like I said, this is going to be, there's going to be several lessons in the next few months on things that are going on in the world today. And we will talk about how it was from the beginning. This is to lay the groundwork. But he said, I, I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right. What his word says about anything, what his word says about any subject is right. It's not out of date and it's not selective. If it applied, if it, if it applied then, it applies now. Yeah. Yeah. When we can get like that and say, you know, well, you, know you mean you don't believe that these people, you know, love is love. I believe that from the beginning it was not so. And, and I believe that what his word says about anything that is happening in this world today, his word's right. It's not what culture thinks. It's not what polls say about it. It's what does God's word say about X, Y, or Z. And we'll cover X, Y, or Z later. Um, in some other lesson, I'm, I'm not trying to get onto a specific point right now because it covers it all. And so, while this world drifts farther and farther away from the truth of God's word, in uh, creating new doctrines and new denominations, and, and oh, and, and and we've got there's nothing wrong with doing this as long as this is not where you base your walk with God. There is this meme culture that uh, people, you know, they, they scour the Internet looking for a meme that will make their way of living okay. It justifies them. It makes them feel like they're getting a pat on the back. They, they're just living by. It takes one, you know, post one scripture, and that's all they live by. And that one scripture, it, yeah, it can make you feel good. It can even be an answer for you, but you live by every word. And we've got to, people have got to stop saying, well, I'm a Christian because I post memes. Post them, I don't care. That's fine. But that can't be the extent of your relationship or your knowledge. I never read the Bible, but I read the memes. When we see these things happening, we must remember that from the beginning it was not so. And God does not change. And his word does not change. And his word is where we begin. For it was from the beginning. John 1 and 1 says in the beginning was the word. If I'm going to have any opinion on any subject. It will come from God's word. There are, yeah. Now hey. You like this shirt? like this color of this shirt okay I'm not gonna well if somebody's asking me hey do you like what I've got on or you like you know you like my turtleneck whatever that's got nothing to do with God's word I get that I understand that well let me see what the Bible says about turtlenecks that's not that's not uh you know what we're talking about 
uh, it's, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How can you think you can change God? If you try to change the Word, you're trying to change God. The, the, he said, I am the Lord, I change not. His Word is forever settled in heaven. It won't heaven and earth pass away, but my Word will not pass away. It's unchanging. Uh, so it means what it means. It does what it does. It accomplishes what it sets out to do. And when someone tries to change the word, they're trying to change God's opinion, his stance on something. And you cannot change God's moral stance on the things that they're trying to change. They can pass laws all day long, but they're passing a law against the word of God to say we're going to pass a law, and now this is okay and legal in human eyes, okay, but it ain't okay in God's eyes, and that will never change. In Revelation 1 and 8, 21 and 6, and 22 and 13, he said, I am the beginning and the end. What we believe, how we behave, our very lives with him begin with what the word says about how it was in the beginning. Our flesh will fight that all day long. You better believe it. Our flesh will try to reconcile uh, with the world oftentimes so that we can seem merciful. And you can have mercy without backing up on God's word. You can still love people without back. God never backs up on his word, but he still loves us. Hello. He loved us while we were yet in sin. It was still sin, but he loved us. And you can love people, but he never okayed, condoned, put the seal of approval on us living outside of his word. And so in our text, we see how that uh, it said they came tempting Jesus. They knew this word. They came to ask him, is it okay for a man? Is it lawful? And so when they say lawful, that means according to God's word. That's what they're thinking of. For a man to just put his way away his wife for anything at all. And they did that because that's the way they lived. And they wanted to see, would Jesus go against the popular opinion? Will he back us up right here? You remember, they, did, they tried to do the same thing with the woman they caught in the act of adultery. They, they brought her and said, now the law says she should be stoned, but what do you say? You see, you get in trouble when you ask him what he's going to say because he knows more than you do. <laughs> and he, he, knows, he knows I can go a little farther back and, and reach something uh, that you don't know about, but they're, they, they're tempting him. They're, they're looking for a loophole. They want, him to, they want him to say, Sure, you know, if he had said, yeah, that's right, they would have been like, you know what, they would, they would have jumped on there and said, well, from the beginning, that ain't what it said, because they were trying to trip him up. But instead, uh, he said, look, have you never read this, he that made them at the beginning? How was it from the beginning? And then they said, well, uh, you know, if it's not okay, then why did Moses... Uh, give us a writing of divorcement to put her away. And he said, Moses did this because of the hardness of your heart. Once we get outside of the word of God, that heart's going to get hard. Once we start trying to uh, form the word to fit our life, our heart's going to get hard. And they're like, why did Moses? 
This was a common thing for the Jews, for Israel, to do. To forget about the God that delivered them and think only of the men they were under. Nothing wrong with the men that they were under. They were chosen by God, except for Saul. Think about it. In 1 Samuel 8, uh, Samuel is grieved because Israel has said, give us a king. And the Lord said, listen, don't be upset. Don't let it grieve you because in asking for a king, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me that I should not reign over them. They don't want to listen to what I've got to say. They want to listen to what a king has to say. They want to be like the other people in the land. That's what, that was their whole thing. We want to be like these others. We want a king over us as well. And they had the king of kings already ruling over them. In John 4 and 12, the woman at the well, when Jesus begins to talk about the gift of God, and, and if you had just knew the gift of God, and let me talk to you about this living water, she said, are you greater than our father Jacob? You're trying to change me from what I think about what Jacob has said? See, they were always going back to, uh, to, to find something to explain why they do what they do, why it was all right what they do, and could not hear what the Lord was saying. And if we're not careful, we'll fall into that in this life. In John chapter 8, in verse 31... Jesus uh, said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then in my word, hear what he said? If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man, so how sayest thou you shall be made free? This is how we've always been. And this is how we're going to be. You don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. That's what they're telling him. And all the way down to verse 39, they answer him again and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if, Abraham were, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. If you were Abraham's children. Abraham's our father. He's your father. God's your father. He said, but you're trying to kill me because I just told you the truth. And then in verse 53, they ask him, are you greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? You know, it was, there it was again. It's all about this is the traditions we have grown up under. There's nothing wrong with Abraham, Moses, Jacob, any other prophet or apostle. The Lord gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the church, for the perfecting of the saints. He, he gave men to speak, but the servant will never be greater than his master, and his word will never be greater than God's word. That's why Paul even put the, the leash on himself, and he said, if I or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, let us be accursed. He wrote that to the church in Galatia. He said, if I've preached a lot of things. He said, but if I come back next week and I'm preaching something different, don't listen, but just count me as a curse. Shut me out. He said, if an angel, halo and all, comes down from heaven and holds service and starts preaching any other gospel, let him be accursed. And so 
the Jews were just about always living by their traditions. Even Paul said, I was more zealous of the traditions than a lot of people of my countrymen. I was more zealous of the traditions, of the traditions, of the traditions. And uh, even Jesus said, you teach uh, traditions for doctrine. Oh, it, hey, it happened in 2020. They asked Jesus, why are your disciples eating without washing their hands? Like they broke the law. And Jesus is looking at them like they're crazy. He said, you're teaching these traditions like they're law, like this, you know, that, that a man can't eat with unwashed hands. Well, if you're somewhere where you can't wash your hands, are you just supposed to starve to death? You'll spit on your hands and rub it together. What are you doing? How do you wash your hands? But in this world, in 2020, people would post that if you go outside without a mask, you're not even Christian. If you gather together and are not six feet apart, you don't like old people. You don't love people. Hey, I, I watched it get posted. I was reading it. You're not even, you're not showing the love of God to people if you go out of your house. You don't care about people. You don't care about old people. You don't care about people getting sick and dying. You, you, you know, you're, you're not showing the love of God if you don't hide in your house. And make the statement, make the statement, make and put it in news articles and on the news and everywhere and, and say, you're not even a Christian if you do those things. Teaching traditions of men for doctrine, scaring people who know no better into their homes for fear of being lost for eternity. It happened right in front of us. But it was not so from the beginning. Mm. And so people do today what the Jews did in that day. They rely solely on themselves or a relative or a famous person or some religious icon, some denominal paper or tradition, some even movies or books to explain or justify their position and their walk with God. When you quote scripture, they quote a man. If you quote scripture or reference God, they'll quote a movie. I actually had that happen. I had a person try to tell me that reincarnation was real because there was a movie. Uh, Except, wait, wait a minute, let me, let me back up. No, they didn't tell me it was in the movie. They quoted something, and I had heard that. And I said, where did I hear it? I said, but I, I haven't, I, I don't think I've read that in the Bible. I said, but I have heard that. So I said, I'm, I'm going to have to research this before I come back with an answer. But So I, I did search the scriptures and know that the phrase that they used was not in there. And all of a sudden, it came to me. I said, that was in that stupid movie. And so I saw him at work the next day. I said, are you really quoting that movie? 
That's why you believe in reincarnation because of what it says. That's not in the Bible. You know that? Do you know that's not in the Bible? Because in the movie they portrayed it as it was some kind of holy paper that it was written on. And they just thought, well, Hollywood's got it right. Listen, we are warned in Scripture and we are instructed in Scripture to be careful of ourselves and of our flesh. Proverbs 14, 12, again, tells us that a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the ways of death. In Colossians 2 and 8, man, uh, Paul really told us, he said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Don't let them spoil you. Don't be spoiled. You know, you know that word spoil? You, know, you read in the scriptures it says they went in and they spoiled the camp. It means like they went and stole things, took things, robbed things. Don't let anybody spoil you. Let, let him come. Don't let some man, some theology, some philosophy come and rob what God, the treasure that God has given you in this earthen vessel. I don't care who they are. I don't care how. If, it can be mom, dad. It can be your spouse. But if they start telling you that you don't have to have the Holy Ghost and you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name and you don't have to read your Bible or they start talking that crazy nonsense, got to go. (laughs) You know, uh, you got to hush that up. I'm not listening to it. So, well, I didn't do all that, so you think I'm going to hell? See, they're going to start, they're going to try to, Make you feel so bad that you've had to agree with them just to stop the conversation. And what I tell them, say, hey, if you go to hell, it'd be your choice. So you do what you feel like you've got to do, but I'm going to do what the Word says. Because from the beginning, from the beginning, it wasn't so. In the book of Titus, in chapter 1, one. This is what uh, Paul wrote to Titus. He said, hold fast the faithful word that he has been talking about the qualifications for a bishop, that he should be holding fast the faithful, faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. Your weapon is that word. That's what you use to convince people. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially at that time, they of the circumcision. There were Jews that were uh, trying to deceive people, get people back and away from Christ. He said their mouths must be stopped. They subvert whole houses, teaching things they ought not for filthy lucre or money's sake. One of them, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Jewish faith. Now, see, at this time, that was a big deal because... The Jewish people, that's God's people. But he said, I've got people in my people that are trying to pull people away from Christ. 
that still, no matter what Paul has said, what other ones have preached, no matter what miracles, signs, and wonders, no matter how it's been proved from Scripture to Scripture, they still will not accept it because it is upsetting their way of life. This is changing my way of life, and I don't like it. First Peter 1 and 18 said, For as much as you know, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or behavior, received by tradition from your fathers. We've got to be careful that we don't let tradition trump the word. We've got to make sure that uh, we don't let things that you know we've come up with uh, trump the word. You know that I just heard uh, recently. <laughs> that um, someone said that, uh, ladies, this is for you all, that you ladies shouldn't be wearing high heels. It's a holiness issue. Oh, well, yeah. I, I was like, mm, that's like brown pantyhose and everything, yeah. You know, there are some things that even... With the best of intention, men stretched it too far. Now, I believe you can take anything too far. The scripture said, let your moderation be known to all men. I believe that we should, should use good judgment. And, you know, if, and if you wear something to the point that you look silly, then somebody should be friend enough to tell you so uh, before your pastor has to say, please don't do that. But what I'm saying is that is uh, there's no what they're talking about. There's no Bible that a woman can't wear shoes with heels on them. I mean, what is the Bible for you? I mean, well, can I wear dress shoes? Because they just wore sandals in the Bible. I mean, can I wear dress shoes? Can I wear clothes? To, clothes, clothes. You know. I remember uh, Brother Everhart and they were preaching down in Mexico at a church they had started. Brother Carlos Lewis was wearing sandals. And the man that was preaching the service before him, the, the, right before him, said, I would never let a man wearing sandals walk in my church and preach in my pulpit. And the next speaker sitting right behind him with a pair of sandals on. <laughs> I guess Jesus wouldn't be preaching in your church, would he? You going to slip him a pair of socks before he comes in? What you doing? So you see, and you see what I'm saying is that that, that, it can be carried way, way, way too far. Well, I know how I feel. Well, we walk by faith, not by feelings. I know what's in my heart. Your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful, and the Bible says, who can know it? <laughs> Listen, sure, we have feelings and emotions. God gave them to us. Feelings will never override the word. I said, you know, that convenience of conviction. Well, I'm just not convicted by that scripture, Pastor. Okay. Well, let, me, let me just present it like this. Sometimes it's not about our conviction. If it's God's word, it's God's word. And so we must live by faith. See, we, we've done maybe to our hurt told people, well, you know, if you're not convicted by that, don't worry about it yet. Well, maybe you're not convicted by it, but 
We, any scripture you obey, you obey it by faith, even the ones you're convicted by. You lay hands on the sick so they recover, well, that's faith. But if you don't believe, you know, somebody says, well, I, I, you know, I don't believe you need to lay hands on them. I'm not convicted by that scripture. Well, okay, but it's still scripture, and it still stands. And so when we say, well, you know, when we start talking about different subjects, and they go like, well, I, you know, I just don't, I'm just not convicted by that. But it's God's word. And so if it's his word, then you should take it by faith that it means. That's why that, that one writer said, everything, I consider your precepts about everything to be right. Whatever, I may not, I don't have to understand it. Hey, I didn't understand uh, long division first time I saw it on the chalkboard. But I saw that teacher writing it out and doing it. it so it, it was right. And I had to learn it. I had to let them teach it. I couldn't say, well, I'm not convicted by long division. I'm not doing that. F. I don't, you know, yeah. Hey, guess what? I, I don't understand every verse in here. I don't completely understand every, uh, especially you, you get into some of that uh, Old Old Testament, Daniel's prophecies, things like that. You know, yeah, there's, there's so many interpretations you could go to. So I, No, I don't know everything, but I just take it by faith. I believe it's going to happen. Do I know how the rapture of the church is going to happen? No, I don't know what it's going to actually look like or sound like or feel like. I just believe it's going to happen. There's things that have not happened yet. Well, we, how many believe in heaven? Why? You ever seen it? Have you ever seen heaven? No, you hadn't seen it. I had not seen. You ain't seen what God's prepared, yet you wait for it with a great anticipation because you're going to hear him say, well done. At least that's what we preach. You take that scripture by faith. And so when we start talking about the scriptures that teach us how to live in this world, I'm not convicted by that. You know, some people are not convicted by lying. But the, the Bible says not to lie. Hey, some people are not convicted by fornication, but the Bible says stay away from it. It's God's word. It don't matter. I'm talking about born-again people that will lie or steal and not convicted by it. I didn't do, really do nothing wrong. Just a little white lie. Well, I better move on. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I told you I'll, I'll be done before 8, I think. So, when we go back to what it said, when the Jews brought up Moses and the law, well, Moses said, Jesus went back further. He didn't stop with Moses and the law. He gave that. He knew it. He said, if you believe Moses, you'd believe me because Moses wrote about me. So he, he, he was all about Moses was a prophet like no other. Moses was a prophet I speak to face to face, mouth to mouth. He knew all about how awesome Moses was. But he went farther back than Moses. And he said, but from the beginning it was not so. He said, he went back to creation. Before Moses, before the law, he went back to the beginning when God set it up and when God established it. And God intended it. Listen, Adam and Eve survived the most catastrophic event in marriage history. They defied God in the garden and got kicked out of paradise and they still stayed together because God intended 
from the beginning that you stick it out. Marriage didn't, hey, they got kicked out of paradise, but didn't it change? Two shall be one flesh. It didn't change it. And so uh, he went all the way back and said, from the beginning it was not. So I know what y'all are doing. Y'all love that writing of divorcement. That's why we got a woman sitting on a well that's had five husbands. So we put it all on her. But we don't know. Back then it was the men would ask for the divorce. So now I don't know if they died. Maybe one or two of them died. I don't know. But maybe five of them just said, tired of you, tired of you, tired of you, tired of you. And put her, you know, five. She was on number six. I guess she decided she wasn't going to get married this time, save the worry of getting divorced. But what I'm saying is that that was the culture then, that they took that scripture, made it fit in their life so they could use it like they wanted it. And that's what the world is doing today with many, many, many scriptures by either eliminating them or saying this is what it means, twisting it, taking one scripture to live by. Uh, oh man! I, and like I said, I'm going to get into a bunch of them over the next few weeks. There'll be some lessons about from the beginning it was not so, but people have taken some of Paul's words and 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 built whole doctrines around it that are not even scripturally sound. My my, one of my thorns is when somebody starts pulling that that they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and acting like all you got to do is say Jesus and hey you're headed to heaven oh that's not what that means you know how people don't like for somebody to drag the nails down a chalkboard when somebody puts that scripture in that context it's just like I'm just like that's not even what that means you just, have you ever, you know that's in more places than just there, right? It's in the scripture. Oh, from the beginning, that's not what it meant. But you made it mean that. And so in this life, when people challenge your stance on subjects because they are woke. Oh, we live in this world now, everybody's woke. We relevant. Woke and relevant, I don't know, up-to-date, tolerant, whatever you call them. Our eyes are open, man, we see. We walk by faith and not by sight. Listen, all we have to know is this, is that from the beginning it was not so. We accept everybody because we're woke. From the beginning it was not so. Love everybody. Don't accept all that stuff going on in this world. We do not accept it. It's not how it is supposed to be. Our lives here, oh, uh, Hebrews 3, in, or yeah, Hebrews, no, Hebrews 11 and 3. Hebrews 11 and 3. Tremendous scripture. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That means everything I see is here because of an invisible word that was spoken. In the beginning, God created. He spoke this world into existence. It was his word that made it happen. He spoke the world into existence. But today, we take 
or people, the world takes what is seen and tries to make the invisible conform to it. They're trying to make God conform to them. They want the invisible things that are eternal to bend to the temporal because the writer said they worshipped the creation more than the creator. Well, the creator is the word. But they love the flesh. They love the world. They love the things that are in the world, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. They love all these things, but those things are not of the Father who is the word. And that's why we're warned, don't love the world and the things that are in the world. So our lives here are framed by the word of God. The, the wor worlds right there basically means the beginning of. When you look it up in the Greek, it's referencing that word as the beginning of a world. So we see that from the beginning it was the word that brought this world into existence and then framed. So the world is framed. The worlds were framed by the word. The word means complete thoroughly. You will never lack when you let the word frame your life. You won't lay. It means to complete thoroughly or to make perfect. You're never going to be more perfect than God's word just like it is. No sense in trying to change it. But it also means to repair or to mend. In other words, this world, the only hope for it to be repaired or mended is going to be God's word. It's going to take the word of God for this world to be better. In Psalm 1, it says, A blessed man would make his delight in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He's not trying to change it. He's trying to live by it. In Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments so that you can have length of days, long life, peace. That's what it adds to you. The word just like it is, like it was from the beginning, the unchanging word of God. In one place in, in the first chapter uh, of this, he said, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That doesn't just mean, hey, hey, come on and let's go rob somebody. That's not just what it's talking about. A sinner is someone not living by the word of God. And if they try to entice you to join that lifestyle of not living or believing God like you should oh let your kids do that it'll be alright they're just kids yeah they're your kids raise them according to the word oh come on you can go you can do that you, you, you don't have to do this you don't have, oh my goodness they'll try anything if they try to entice you come on nobody else is here hey none of your church people are around they won't know oh yeah they will because you'll be on social media you can sure believe it somebody's going to have a picture of you. Somebody's going to see you. It's going to happen. So you, you better be careful. In Proverbs 4, uh, man, I could just read this whole chapter. Hear you children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake you not my law. There's nothing wrong with God's word just like it is. So let's live by it like it is. 
Oh, I, 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 can't, I don't have time to read this whole, whole chapter, but I could because the whole chapter is, Hear, O my son, receive my sayings. I've taught thee in the way of wisdom. I've led you in the right path. When you go, your steps will not be straightened. When you run, you will not stumble. Man, it's just over and over, sticking to the word like it is from the beginning. You know, we often say, and you can stand with me, honey, I'm, I'm finishing up. And I did finish at 7.58. Look there. Listen, we often will say, well, God said it, and that's the end of it. But that's because it was said so from the beginning. The reason that it is settled is because it was that way from the beginning. He didn't change midstream. He didn't change in the 21st century. His word has been what it was from the beginning. And so, like I said, I'm going to have several topics in the next few weeks, things that this world has become accepting of that we need to be reminded that the church will not be accepting of. And it's not because I say so. It's because the Word says so. Because it was not that way from the beginning. Folks, I love people. Man, I love folks. I love to see people right with God and getting changed by God. But we're not going to just let the gate down and let any old thing just come in. It's not going to happen. We got here by being apostolic. The church, from the beginning of the church, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. You need to be careful about a lot of these little evangelical sites that, that you visit. And you, you're quoting things and reading things that people that don't have the Holy Ghost are writing. I know that's, that's like old, old school stuff. Man, they used to tell us they don't even listen to nobody singing it ain't got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> when I got in church, so if they ain't got the Holy Ghost, don't even be listening to their music. But let me tell you something. If they can't even get the plan of salvation right, or if they don't even believe there is just a plan of salvation, you just believe in God and you're saved, that's all there is to it. They can write a lot of great things. You know, there are a lot of great truths about God that they will put in their books. But are they on any foundation at all? And there are enough great apostolic writers and, and teachers and preachers that you can listen to and hear sound doctrine. But some of these folks that just carry on and act any kind of way, but they write a book and say they're Christian. You better be careful because you know what they always quote and what they always say, what it always appeals to first? Your flesh. It makes you feel okay in your mess, but it doesn't bring any conviction. It doesn't bring any change. It just says, be who you are like you are. God don't care, but he does care. He does care. So let's come and pray tonight and over the next few weeks let's be asking the Lord hey help me Lord to learn what you said from the beginning teach me how to live by your word God let's come and pray tonight
I just pray we'll just all get closer to the Lord. And I tell you, get closer when you get in that Word. Get in His Word. Spend time with Him in prayer. Praise God. All right. Well, looking forward to Sunday. Believing God's going to do some great things. Amen. Invite somebody to church with you. Let them feel the presence of the Lord in this place. And God's doing some wonderful things. And Hey, bring your dancing shoes. Last Sunday, they couldn't quit dancing after service. So uh, get ready to come and shout and worship the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Be safe. Be dismissed in Jesus' name.